Awesome. Well, it's about time we did this. I've been waiting for this for a while. <laughs> so, welcome to the Motor Enclave Podcast, episode two. I have the pleasure of being here with Chris Duplessis, uh, our director of motorsport. I believe that's that's what the title is. Yes. Um, so, Chris, you're new to the Tampa area, uh, as I know, and I would love it if you would give me a little bit of background on who Chris is, where you came from, how you started. I know you have a little bit of racing history, uh, so I'd love to hear a little bit about that and kind of what brought you to be where you are today. Uh, well, I'll start from the beginning. I'll make it real quick, though. I uh, grew up in Maine on 100 acres out in the woods. I uh, grew up with toys, so kind of motorsports was ingrained. Then my brother and I, real young from my dad, got us into go-karting. Um, and then, you know, we just kept going with it. We had a national rally that would come to our hometown. So rally, you know, small cars on gravel through the woods. Um, you know, if we grew up with a racetrack in our backyard, it probably would have been paved racetrack, but it rally was just kind of the avenue we took and, uh, did that for a number of years, was very fortunate to, uh, do well at it. Um, get noticed by, you know, sponsors and, and manufacturers. I was lucky enough to race for Scion, um, for, a, for a few years. Uh, and then ultimately Ford. I raced the new Fiesta when that came over. Um, I was lucky enough to do X Games in 2010, big 75 foot gap jump. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been fun. And then uh, with the Ford partnership, I was able to go do some World Rally Championship rounds, um, which is pretty rare for Americans. You know, rally is not a real big sport here um, in that sense. Uh, so it was really cool to be one of very few to go over and run in Finland and Greece and Portugal and things like that. So it's been fun. And then. Um, I was in New York working at a private racetrack for the last nine years. Uh, when Brad reached out, uh, kind of gave me the pitch of this place, flew down, and immediately was you just saw the potential. Um, you know, with garages and owners here, and, and Tampa's a cool city. I mean, I, the list goes on why this is going to be the coolest place in the world. Um, so it was an easy decision for me. We're sitting in 100 acres of off-road. Uh, that I'm going to get to develop for things like cross carts or rally cars, Jeeps, et cetera. So without jumping ahead, <laughs> yeah, I'm obviously very excited. Yeah, don't spoil it just yet. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned your uh, motorsport background. Okay. You did that for how long? Uh, I actually built my first rally car in high school um, and did my first rally the year I graduated, which was 2005. I'm getting old. Uh, I won a few national championships, uh, doing that. I think I won four. Um, like I said, I did X games, some, you know, really cool opportunities for a, a farm kid, really. I mean, I did, I never had the money to go do it on my own. It was all, you know, hard work and, and cultivating sponsors, which, you know, sponsors in motorsports is kind of a, a joke. You know, <laughs> there's no return on investment of, you know, even a few thousand dollars, um, they're never going to see that come back. So it was all, you know, friendships and, and things with companies and even outside people that just helped me able to go racing. Um, so I've been lucky enough not to, not to have a real job per se. And I've been able to be in motorsports my whole life, which is, which has been cool. Yeah. So, uh, I think our first interaction together was me, you and Winchester, who I'm hoping to get on the podcast here soon, uh, in Ocala, Florida, <laughs> Uh, at what, what was the event called? Uh, Festival of Speed. Festival of Speed in Ocala. At the Equestrian Center. Yeah. Massive facility. Disney World for Horses, I guess. (laughs) But our first, uh, experience together, you 
me and Winchester went and got dinner together, and we sat around a dinner table and just told stories for a few hours. And you told me uh, a story about you trying to get a job, actually, in Florida at Disney, of all places. Was it Disney? It was Disney, yep. I mean, I'll give you the short so, yeah, version of so, that. Yeah, g- give me the background. Give me the rundown. Give the people the rundown. So, heard of. so, again, you know, knowing that I wanted to do something with cars my whole life, uh, my, my mom brought our family to Disney when I was, I don't know, 12 years old, and we saw the Lights, Motors, Action stunt show, which is these uh, little cars that are like fiberglass shells around like a motorcycle engine. <clears throat> I think they were Opals, but it was meant to be a european um town and a stunt scene was filmed there and so there was cameras and it was just it was just a really cool show put on by disney and there was driving stunt driving two wheels drifting there was motorcycles fire jumps jet skis guns it was it was awesome and so as a 12 year old i'm like yo that's what i'm doing and um so i chatted with them at the end you could like meet and greet the drivers and as a 12 year old i'm like yo how do i do this and they, you know they're like oh you gotta you know Send us a demo reel of stuff if you've driven, and I, you know, I hadn't even been racing at that point, just go karts, and so. But it was always in the back of my head. And uh, at one point, I used to train Navy SEALs in driving off road. I worked at a place in New Hampshire, really cool time, um, and I, I got to know this, you know, group of groups of Navy SEALs. But uh, this one guy, we kind of hit it off. He was there for a week, and he gave me some advice, which was really, really cool advice. He said, you know, you sound passionate about doing this. Make sure anybody you talk to roll that into the conversation. So I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. So for the next, shoot, I don't know, three years, anybody that I, you know, chatted with longer than a, you know, a higher buy, I would somehow wrap into the conversation that I want to, I want to go work at Disney World. There's this stunt show and it's cars and yada, yada, yada. And I did this so much that my mom started doing it. <laughs> she heard me, my sales pitch per se, so much that, uh, she started telling, oh, Christopher really wants to go work at this stunt show. And uh, she just happened to be walking with one of our neighbors. And she told her, and the neighbor was like, oh, my gosh, my my aunt is the stage director for that show. Because Disney's a, a very hard company to, to go work for. Yeah. You know, they post on their website, you know, they need cooks. They post on the same website as if they need stunt drivers. So it's just very weird to, to find how to, you know, become a part of this. There's no just email. Um you have to wait for them to post a job. So anyway, so I had an in, and again, I'll try to make this story short. <laughs> uh, went down, auditioned, loved it, um, got to drive these cars, which, I mean, just that alone was a dream come, come true, and uh, ended up moving to Florida to, to work at Disney. I got hired, and I moved down 2008. Uh, I don't know, it was around November, I think, and uh, maybe even a little sooner. And then the economy, all that issues, Disney ended up going on a hiring freeze. So I lived in Orlando for a year with effectively no job. Um, I was working at a mall, just waiting for Disney to say, all right, we're doing training. It's, you know, we're going for it. And uh, I ended up being there for a year and was like, well, this isn't going to happen. So I moved back, went back to the motorsports job that I had. No big deal. Um, And then fast forward a handful of years, met my wife, had done WRC races, all the above, and we were looking for something new. I was like, Hey, we can go back to Florida. Like we want to be in Florida. I got, you know, whatever being up in Maine, cold winters, I love snow, but you know, I've always wanted to live here. And, uh, so went through the whole process again. Um, and Disney has really black and white rules on hiring things. So 
at some point along my career of driving on the street, I never sped, I never rolled stop signs, I was very good, but at some point there was a clerical error and the DMV suspended my license for a day. So anyway, so I end up getting this job at Disney, I'm doing all the hiring process and they tell me that they can't hire me because I have a, you know, something on my license, which didn't exist, but the DMV couldn't erase it. It was like a governor's pardon was the only way to get rid of this. Um, and I was, this was actually the first time. This was after uh, 2008, the, the economy issue. Um, we went through this process because they were going to start doing training. And then I, I couldn't get hired. And they're like, you know, three months, I think, was like the, the difference of three years. They look back three years. And I think I missed that by like three months. So I was like, well, no big deal, not meant to be. So yeah, then fast forward, um, met my wife. We were looking for something new to do. And I called them up. They're like, yes, we'd love you to come down. You're our best audition ever. We've, you know, absolutely will hire you in a second. And so I came back down, met all the, you know, new, new crew, actually drove the cars again. I got to meet everybody, went through the same hiring process. And they, you know, same issue. They're like, hey, so there's an, a thing on your license. I was like, nope. That was, you know, six and a half years ago. And, they, and the answer was, well, we look back seven years now. So they changed their policy. And so literally like my dream that I've been waiting for like seven years to do didn't happen again. Um, and so, you know, again, it wasn't meant to be. And then I ended up going and working and you know, it, it all worked out. They actually canceled the show now. Now it's where uh, the Star Wars show is. Yeah. So like it just, it wasn't meant to be, but it was just, you know, I had this dream that I thought was what I wanted to do and it, it didn't work. But, uh, you that, know, every pat, every step to get there was, you know, taught me things along the way, et cetera. Yeah. But, and that's when you went to work up in New York at that. Yep, yeah. Yeah. So I, I ended up not going to Disney. Um, so that summer I went and was just doing driving instruction at a private racetrack in New York. Um, and I ended up working there for nine years after that first summer, they offered me track manager position. Mm -hmm. Moved, moved to New York, uh, moved my two-year-old daughter at the time. Um, my wife, we ended up having our second kid in New York. So New York was really home for the last uh, nine years or so uh, until Brad called me. Hmm. <laughs> so you mentioned two things that I want to talk about. Uh, you train Navy SEALs and then driving. And I remember one of the stories that you had told when Chester and I was and it's co coincidental that we're bringing this up in a podcast because the story actually came from another podcast. Um, and would you mind going into a little detail? Yeah, that? yeah. I'm not. I don't. I don't know all all the all the names and all the. No, all the absolutely. So, um, yeah, worked at this place called Team O'Neill Rally School for I think it was about nine years, also, and we trained civilians. It was a loose surface rally school. So we had, you know, small little front wheel drive cars or little Subaru all wheel drive cars, gravel roads through the woods and, and taught you everything you need to know about driving a rally car on gravel, snow, ice, you know, sliding cars around. Um, because we made such a name for ourselves in the industry, we would, uh, we ended up starting to train DOD, Department of Defense people. So in all the elite teams, you know, Navy SEALs, um, Green Berets, special forces guys we'd even do some border patrol guys but you know kind of the top top guys in their career would come see us and uh, which was by far the coolest thing i mean the stories these guys tell um i've got like six jump coins that are these coins that these teams give out for people that are like you know just do something cool in the civilian world or even the military world and so you know things like that it was it was absolutely the coolest um 
And these guys are type A, the best at what they do, whether it's, you know, radio communications or shooting or driving or whatever, just really, really cool. Um, and yeah, so I ended up giving, uh, I got two stories on this. One just makes me laugh because uh, it, it took me a bit to realize how it, how it all went down. But we, uh, we used to do night vision training. So these guys would show up with the best night vision goggles that you could buy. You know, this was back in 2010, let's say. Um, and even from then they've progressed. But back then these things were top, top notch, pitch blackout, and you could see very much well enough to you know walk around but drive fast through the woods also and uh so first time i ever drove with these night vision uh it was a winter time dark out in new hampshire and one of the guys was like yo chris like you ever driven with nods and i was like no nah, like, I'll, I'll try these out so you know guy gets me his helmet on gets them all set up and uh jump in this old Audi Quattro, Audi 4000 Quattro, which is like the pinnacle of rally cars. It, you know, I mean, things got like 100 horsepower, yeah. but still like a proper rally car in the snow. And uh, jump in and I'm ripping through the woods and we're talking like a, you know, a 12 foot wide snow covered ice road with trees lined, yeah. jump. So a road like this with Ex snow and trees. Exactly, yeah. So um, very narrow, very high speed. And, you know, with two Navy SEALs, I mean, the most badass guys. Oops toughest guys in the planet yeah. uh and then 16 or 18 year old yeah yeah and i'm seat. like this kid ripping this car there's and this guy in the back he keeps like making these noises like, oh. like Ooh. <laughs> i'm like what on earth like this dude's this dude's tough like what's his problem and like as i'm like sideways in the air and he makes this like oh i realize <laughs> it is pitch black for him like i can see it's green it's a little pixelated but like I can see perfectly well to drive 90 miles an hour through the woods. And this poor dude is on the scariest <laughs> roller, coaster, roller coaster of his life. Um, so anyway, so that, that ended up happening a couple of times, whether it was with nods or just, you know, we used to give rides or, you know, did demo runs. Um, and I ended up giving one to uh, this Navy SEAL who started a small company called Black Rifle Coffee. Um, and in one of his podcasts, it was pretty cool. A buddy of mine sent it to me. He's like, yo, he, he mentions you. And, and he says, he's like, one of the scariest things I've ever done um, was go for a ride with this guy named Chris Duplessis in New Hampshire at this rally school. And I was like, you know what? I made it. I, I've scared a couple Navy SEALs in my life. I think I made it. Wow. Yeah. The, the first time I heard that, we were, what was it? Outback Steakhouse. We we're all just sitting around. <laughs> I like could not stop laughing when you first told me that story. Um, and I think it's just ironic that it was on another podcast that it brought up. But yep. so. Uh, we've gone over your motorsport history. We went over your previous job at that motorsport park. Uh, we talked about Disney. We talked about your funny Navy SEAL story. <laughs> um, your family. You So you moved down yep. to Tampa. Uh, you live in a nice little part of Tampa with your wife and two kids. So tell me a little bit about them. Uh, so my wife... Uh, is one of the coolest people. I actually met her at a race. Um, she was co-driving for a girl that was racing. So rally, you've got a, a co-driver. You're down a road you've never seen before, and the co-driver is reading basically a book of code of you know what is coming up, um, every little detail and nuance of the road. Um, so it's a miserable job, <laughs> and and job usually people volunteer and do it for fun. I've done it a couple times. Yeah. It's the worst thing you could ever do. <laughs> anyway, so my wife was doing this for a girl that was new to the sport. Um, and I was, you know, subsequently enough doing it for a buddy of mine, one of the few times. So I was co-driving horrible at it. She was co-driving for a new driver. So we were kind of together, 
um, at the back of the road. Uh, they, they stage cars fastest to slowest. So we had two new drivers. So we were like the last two cars that would start the race. And uh, so we just you know hung out all weekend, kind of hit it off. And then, I don't know, a few weeks later, she was living in Boston. I ended up moving down to Boston to live with her. I was commuting back and forth to New Hampshire. Um, literally within a few weeks of meeting because it was just, you know, match made in heaven, let's say. Um, and so then, you know, racing overseas and spending every last penny that we ever had on racing, she got it. She understood it. So it, it, you know, unfortunately, I think a lot of people as they get married or life changes, their careers kind of change to that or especially their hobbies because really rally was a, a hobby. Um, so the fact that she pushed me to do more and, you know, helped me progress was really awesome. Um, and then we both always wanted kids. And uh, in 2013, we had Jerry. So uh, our first daughter, she's now nine, which is crazy. Um, but she, yeah, I mean, loves motorsports. Actually, they have hat day at school today. Mm. And uh, both my daughters made sure I brought an, an enclave hat for them to wear, uh, you know, just because they love it. They, they have a little kid's Polaris. My oldest wants to get in a cross cart. Uh, at least once a month, she's like, "Will I fit yet, Daddy?" You know, like, <laughs> um, and then yeah, in in New York, we we had our our second daughter, Eliza. Uh, she actually just a few days ago turned six. Um, Happy birthday, Eliza! Yep, uh, she's actually they're both a really good mix of both of us, but she's a little more strong willed. <laughs> yeah, definitely tests us. Um, but I think young, you know, young child syndrome. Um, but yeah, they absolutely, and, and they're a big reason why I moved here. Yeah. Um, the schools are better here, or at least where this area, we could find better schools than where we were in New York. Um, and so very important to us. And right now they're at the cutest little school called Gory Elementary. And it's it's actually the oldest operating school in Tampa as far as like the building. Um, so they've got pictures on their wall and it's just this one brick building in the middle of a field yeah. before any other buildings were there and it's still the same building which is really cool and they do i mean cool little activity like community activities it's it's been great hmm. um yeah and we we live on davis island which is i'd say the coolest part of tampa it's this little slice of you're so close to downtown i mean my commute here is 15 minutes um which and I, I i'll sing this forever the biggest selling point to the enclave is how close we are to a you know yeah massive city center and, yeah, and you hear and you hear the the planes flying by in the background you probably see them if you're watching on video uh, it's, but it's so cool so yeah. yeah i mean every day my commute to work i find myself smiling because i'm heading out of the city no traffic it's a short little commute from a you know cool community to another cool place it's awesome yeah so my, my last thing that I want to do, and this might tail off into another tangent, but if you're not watching the video, uh, Chris and I are sitting in the middle of one of the off-road courses that we have at the Enclave um, that when Chris came through, what was it, September 1st? Yep. Immediately got to work at just tearing up the ground out here uh, from what had already been done as well um, and has basically changed this landscape as a whole um, with a team of a few other people with Winchester as well. So give me a little bit of insight. Don't don't spoil it too much, but give me a little <laughs> bit of insight as to what we should expect out here in the off-road course from you, uh, from guests in the future, from owners, et cetera, and maybe some potential testing that happens out here as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, Winchester has been here from the beginning, uh, you know, had this awesome vision for 
off-road areas and had you know a pretty good layout um and so i came in refined a few things used what i learned uh, at previous places and we're sitting in what is going to be kind of two courses one will be a for lack of a better term a high speed dirt road course um really it's a rallycross track um but rallycross is not very big in the u.s so you know a dirt road course makes more sense um, but it'll be 40 to 90 feet wide in some places um, you could run anything from a lowered, uh, you know, a short course built side by side, not a, not one in stock form because they're a little tippy, um, but one that's been lowered down and kind of built for it. Um, Subarus, you know, like any type of rally car, lower stuff, even even like a Ford Raptor, like trucks, it'll be smooth enough where um, you could run that. Um, and then especially these things called cross carts. Um, I have one here. Um, but it's this little motorcycle powered rally buggy. So weighs 700 pounds, 150 horsepower street bike motor. So it's a Suzuki 750 street bike motor, sequential gearbox, um, you know, and, and things you want in race cars, right? High revving. That's, that's what makes a race car. That's why formula one's so fun to watch. It, it just, there's something about a vehicle or something that revs to 14,000, 15,000 RPMs and your power band is, you know, up in there. Yeah. Um, and then the weight, you know, when you, you jump in a big, heavy car, it's really hard to feel what the thing it just carries forever. When you start to slide where 700 pounds, it almost feels like you're riding a four wheeler, but you're not, you know, sitting up on top of it. It's just absolutely brilliant. So, um, I've driven a lot of really cool cars on tracks, on dirt, all the, you know, all surfaces. And the first time I drove one of these, I ordered one and it is by far the coolest thing I've ever driven. Um, you can race them wheel to wheel. I don't know if we'll do that out here yet, but um, that's what we're sitting in here. Um, we're, we'll also have some whoops and some more, you know, deserty stuff for trucks. We're going to have a jump or two. There'll actually be more elevation on the dirt side than the, the pavement track, um, which, which is cool. And then the second half of our off-road area, the other 50 acres, let's say, uh, will be more slow speed, proper Jeep, you know, crawling, rocks, big hills, things like that. Um, which is actually one of my favorite things to do to like relax. I think, you know, the technical side of off-roading is really fun. You got to think about at half a mile an hour, you know, where the weight is transferring, just like you would on the racetrack. Um, but it's it's harder to feel and it happens so much slower, but it's, it's really cool when you start crossing the two. You yeah. know, looking up on a racetrack, you're looking, you know, 100 meters down the road, where off-road, you're looking maybe 50, but obstacles disappear under your hood and you got to kind of remember what was there and what your tires are going to hit and know where each tire is when you turn and so there is so much more beyond just you know jumping on the gas pedal and like you know bombing over something so really slow speed technical off-road is one of the most fun things um so there'll be all kinds of trails for that um and then intertwined between all of it will be some slow speed um side-by-side -side trails, you know, mm -hmm. kind of through the the woods that, you know, to me from being New England, this feels like the jungle, palm trees hanging over and stuff. Yeah. It'll feel like a jungle trail. Um, and then the sky's the limit. What's really cool with dirt is we decide this corner isn't fun enough or we want to make the course a little longer or whatever. Um, we can change it. We jump on a bulldozer and push some more dirt around where pavement tracks, obviously a little harder to adjust and change and, yeah. and way more costly. So this you know the dirt will should never get boring because we can always adapt it yeah so you mentioned you driven a lot of cool cars and this will be my last thing and then we can be done because it is getting a little hot out here even though it's yeah, the end of october in in florida um, i'm not built for this heat yet 
I know. <laughs> so you've driven a bunch of cool cars. You had n- nine years at the last uh, track, Monticello. Um, give me give me a few of your favorite cars that you drove there, and then we'll be done. Some coolest favorite, and then maybe one that's just like a wow factor. Uh, let's see. There's some I can't talk about because, you know, they're so rare and so private and so cool that, you know, they, they want to stay hidden. Um, so those are actually the coolest, but we can't talk about those. Yeah. Uh, the coolest off-the-shelf car, I would say, was McLaren P1. And I don't know, maybe it was just kind of the, the newest, latest McLaren that was comparable to the F1. I, I don't know, but... It just, it spoke to me. The the shape of it, it was the fastest I had ever been on our track in New York. So 182 miles an hour, like mm-hmm. just a, a really, really neat car with, you know, hybrid aspect to it. I really enjoy that one for whatever reason, even though, you know, a Senna may be quicker or all the above, but I really liked that. Um, I got to, I got to drift a brand new Ferrari 488, which is, which is cool. That was fun. Um, most, most of our, our members in New York, would kind of throw you the keys to things and, and get to slide around, or at least me. I, I guess I built a rapport and proved myself. So I got to do, not only drive really cool cars, but like beat on really cool yeah. cars and drive them beyond the limit. Um, so that was fun as far as track stuff. Uh, as far as racing, like wheel to wheel, as soon as you get in a downforce car, um, I haven't had a ton of experience in them, but the, the few times I've raced in them, it's it's like – you know, it's it's kind of like sliding through the woods over a crest. It doesn't feel natural where you've got downforce. You know what the mechanical grip should be, and then you're beyond that really yeah. quickly. And it, it it was just neat to me to be able to feel that. And so, you know, if I was going to choose one car to drive on track, it would be, you know, some sort of downforce car. Um, and then as far as rally car stuff, I, I was fortunate enough to drive a few top-level um rally cars like an r5 which is just a step below the you know world rally championship cars mm-hmm. um i got to drive one of those on snow with wrc spikes which are like these metal spikes that are an inch or more long which is just it's more grip than pavement um but it's more consistent and sliding than gravel it, it's really they're really yeah. really cool um but like i said i mean cross carts above all those if you lined all those up in front of me and I could have a group of buddies in cross carts, that would be the choice. Racing wheel to wheel while sliding, while jumping, it, it, like it's just brilliant. Yeah. Well, cool. Is there anything else you want to notate or say before before we hang up? Uh, no, I'm excited for this. Getting uh, everyone else from the team, getting everybody to to introduce there, you get to know them through these. Uh, I think a really cool idea on your part to do these. I watched Brad's. I mean. <laughs> absolute ride i think chaz once everyone gets to know chaz one of the funniest people i've ever met <laughs> so if you can if you can bring chaz out uh yeah. the funny side of him on the podcast is going to be brilliant so yeah, i hope so just super excited well cool Thanks, i appreciate dude. it chris uh and uh thank you for watching thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time absolutely